0: We praise you, Lord. Lord, we thank you today as we've sung. By your Spirit, you've ministered to our hearts. Lord, you've brought us deeper into your presence. We thank you for all of the wonderful things that you've provided for us. And Lord, our confidence today is this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, yes, and forevermore. That's our security, Lord. Come on. Let's give him a shout of praise for his own words. You never change, Jesus. You're always the same. And we thank you for that. Amen. And all God's people said? Fantastic. Come on, let's... Show our appreciation to our musicians today. What a great change. Come into church in the sunshine. Hey! Absolutely wonderful. Fantastic to have a bit of sun. And if you want to join us down at Barry Beach later, you're more than welcome. Wonderful. We're going to continue this morning, get right straight into God's Word. We're going to continue with this whole theme that we've been looking at over the last four weeks about how God transforms our lives. God transforms and changes our lives. He's got a plan. He's got a picture of how our lives should be. And every waking moment, every, in fact, every moment of our lives, the Holy Spirit is working to perfect what God has planned for our lives. Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, He's your helper. My God, if we just knew Him as helper. He's your helper. He is your counselor. Jesus said, it's the Holy Spirit that will lead you into all truth. In fact, He'll tell you about things to come. He's limitless in what He can do and how He can help and how He wants to be involved in all of our lives. Not one more than another, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is here with us. And when we go from this place today, He remains with us. Amen? And He is at the center of this wonderful change and this wonderful transformation and all that we're becoming. He's at the center of it all. He really is. It's wonderful, you know, when you read the Bible that you, you get the privilege of looking into people's lives. We get the privilege when we read the Bible of seeing how God changes people's lives through encounters, through many different ways, at many different points in their journey. And I love reading about how God changes people's lives and how they encounter Him because it gives me great encouragement and great hope when you see how God gets into the mix of your life, when you see how God gets into the mix of other people's lives that seem so hopeless in many different respects, and yet... He's always doing more behind our back than in front of our face to bless us, not to trip us up or to bring us down, but to bring us into everything that he has for us. God's got so many wonderful things for our lives. He really has. Jesus Christ has so many, many blessed things to impart into our lives at different points of the journey that we're on and that's ahead of us. He's not finished yet. He really isn't. There's so much more, so much more blessing to be unpacked in your life, to give you strength and victory and courage to overcome even things that you wouldn't even think you could overcome. We've been looking at Jacob in particular. We looked at Genesis chapter 32, and what we saw in that chapter was a meeting with God, an encounter through an angel. And what we said was that Jacob was alone with God. He separated himself from everything he had. And the the moment was ripe in Jacob's life for him to meet with his maker. It was ripe for transformation. Jacob didn't even realize it. But on this night, his life was going to change from this point on, from this point forward, forever in fact. And we, we, we talked about last week and the weeks before, I've, I've, I've labored on this point of how God touched the socket of his hip, the very thing that symbolized his strength. And his strength was to be a deceiver. His strength was to be a schemer, a cheat, a liar, a thief. And God touched the socket of his hip, the strongest point in his life, and that suddenly was reduced to utter weakness. It never became the prominent feature of his life ever again. You never read about Jacob ripping anybody off or cheating or lying from this point on. Why? Because God had touched it. God had touched that prominent characteristic of his life and he was changed forever. And we said, listen, God didn't strike him. God didn't really even exert the greatness of his power. He just touched it. God touched Jacob and he was changed forever. Now this morning we're going to we're going to go in a little bit of a different direction but the dilemma that we're going to read about was as bad and as terrific as what Jacob faced. But the difference that we're going to see this morning is that the person that we're going to read about wasn't touched by God. She decided to touch God. You see, there are occasions in all of our lives where God touches us. But sometimes there are occasions where we have to reach out and touch God. There really is. There's, 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 there's many, many different instances within the Bible where you see this happening. And I really do believe this morning that the Holy Spirit wants to encourage us in our faith. Challenge us in our faith to use it, to use it and not lose it. Use your faith. You've got it. You've got faith inside you. It's been apportioned to you by God. But, you know, sometimes our faith is not actioned or expressed because it lays under the rubble of so many crises and circumstance and one decision after another and it gets buried and it, it almost becomes this this aspect of our life that doesn't operate any longer because we get disappointed and disillusioned and our, our heart faints and, and we become sick and we wonder and we question whether it does work. It works. It works you're gonna use your faith today. You're going to begin to use your faith from this moment forward. You're going to do it. You don't need some, you know, curly head preacher dripping with gold in order to get your miracle. You're going to use your faith. You're going to use your faith and the power of your faith. You're going to see wonderful things take place in your life, maybe things that you've struggled with, maybe things that have hindered you. God's going to empower you to use your faith He's not going to touch you. This is your moment where you're going to shine. This is your moment where you're going to begin to unpack what God is is working within you. And you're going to see the power of your faith work. Let's read from Mark chapter 5. You're going to recognize this story. And the wonderful wonderful thing about this is that Jesus isn't touching this woman, but this woman is touching Jesus. Jesus. Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 25, it says this, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may but just touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you. You see the great crowds around you, Jesus. There's thousands of them. And you say, who touched me? But the woman, fearing and trembling, know what had hap- know, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace be healed of your affliction. Amen. Amen. It happened. It happened. We've read the story many times. But this woman was facing a 12 year problem that was completely unsolvable. This woman had a power working within her that was greater than her ability to master. She had run here, there, and everywhere, and she, she'd thrown all of her strength into overcoming what she could not overcome. The message is clear. The message is apparent to all of our lives. There can be issues in our lives, and we can use all of our strength, all of our time, our energies, our investment. We can go here, there, and everywhere, and the problem just simply gets worse. This is the predicament that this woman was in. You know, things in our lives very often start so small. They start so small, good things and bad things, like a seed. But very often as that seed germinates and that seed begins to grow and spread, it starts to become strong and more prominent. And it was like this for this woman. I wonder how it all started. I wonder how. It all began. What moment, what day did she become aware of this? But there was a slow, gradual deterioration in her life that she was captivated by. And we meet her at the point where all hope is gone. We meet her at the point at the end of 12 long years where life had just been one long downhill cycle. And that's what life is without Jesus. It's what it's like. Twelve years. A power working within her that she couldn't control. Have you been aware of issues in your life? Times in your life where there's been a power within you? that's greater than your ability to control. I'm telling you now, I can testify, I can tell you of times, dates, and places where I have. It's it's one one of the awful things, one of the awful consequences of sin. One of the awful consequences of what happens to us as human beings where there's areas of our lives that are no longer under Christ's blessing, under Christ's control, And we struggle with this power that works within us. We fight it and we try our best to master it, but we fail. And this was the predicament, and this is the message that comes out of this woman's life. Just like Jacob, 70 or so years, he struggled with who he was, he battled with his nature. He tried to leave his home and go to Uncle Laban's house thinking that, that things would be better there. But he didn't realize wherever he went, he'd have to take himself. And suddenly he'd find that all of those ugly traits within his character that worked in his father's house would work in his uncle's house. And it wasn't long before it was a mess and, 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 and deceit was flourishing just as ripe as ever. Because that's what happens when there's things in our lives that we don't appropriate God's Word to, they grow out of control. You can change your location. You can change your car. change your hairstyle if you've got one. You can change anything. You can change anything, thinking and hoping that things will be better. And they may, they may get better for a while, but then suddenly the same old will kick in. Until Jesus turns up. This lady heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. You know, the Bible says that faith comes, doesn't it? We know, we know it well. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It doesn't say that faith comes by reading. You can read the Bible from cover to cover and you can, you can, you can end up affirming your doubts more than ever. See, faith doesn't come by reading, and I'm not against study. Paul said to Timothy, study, study to show yourself approved. No, we've got to study, we've got to read, but we have to understand that faith doesn't come as a result of study or reading or doctorates or theology degrees. Faith comes with a living encounter with God. And that means that any one of us can have it. You haven't got to have a a doctrine degree. You haven't got to have any kind of certificate. To get faith, you have to have a one-on-one encounter with God. And the moment he speaks, faith is awoken. She heard about Jesus and, and something wonderful happens when she hears about Jesus. The Bible says, and in, in different translations, it says this, not in, the, in what we've read, but there are other translations that say this, that pick up on this point, which is wonderful. It says, the moment that she heard about Jesus, she kept saying to herself. She kept saying to herself, I'm telling you now, you've got to speak to yourself. You've got to speak to yourself. You've got to stop listening to yourself and you've got to start speaking to yourself. Do you know that you're you're constantly in a conversation? Do you know that with yourself? You really are. And, And because you're constantly in a conversation with yourself, it's important to examine the content of that conversation that you're having on a continual basis. Is it lifting you up or is it bringing you down? Is it igniting faith and hope and life or, or is it spiraling your emotions into hopelessness? Examine the, con- the, the conversation that you're having with yourself on a continual basis. And if the content isn't good, I'm telling you now, get God's Word, inject it in there. Get the sword of the Spirit to deal with that stuff. Because your life is not going that way in Christ, it's going that way. It really is. It really is. This woman did this. For 12 years, the conversation had been with the physicians that she had met. You're not going to make it. Or there'd be a glimmer of hope. Listen, you know, you tried it. you, You tried getting healing this way. You tried getting healing that way. We can promise you. All of the promises were empty, all empty. And the Bible says that she suffered at the hands of many physicians. You know, it's human nature, isn't it? When we've got a problem, when we've got an issue that we don't know what to do with, it's human nature to go to somebody and tell them and ask their advice. Nothing wrong with that. And we listen to their advice and we listen to what they did when they were in the predicament that we were in. And we try it and it doesn't work or we grow worse. This woman was just like one big 12-year experiment to these physicians. Try this, do that, and it all failed. She grew worse at the end of their advice. I'm telling you, there's only one thing that can build our lives. There's only one thing that can deal with fear, depression, pain, uh, sickness. There's only one thing that can deal with it. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God appropriated by faith in our hearts. That's what you'll see as the transforming element in your life if you'll allow it to work, like this woman did. She heard about Jesus. There's so much stuff in this this life situation that we read about. The Bible says that the law confined her, or tradition, Tradition tells us that the law would have confined her and bound her to her house. She wasn't allowed to walk out in public without crying, unclean, unclean, wherever she went. The shame, the humiliation, the isolation of it all. And then she heard, you see. She heard something that she hadn't heard before. And it was that that ignited Her faith, she heard about Jesus. I'm telling you now, Jesus does amazing things, doesn't he? Amazing things. And she went out. She left the restrictions of her home. She ignored the dictates of the law that couldn't do anything for her. Only point out what she couldn't do. And she pressed through, the Bible says, into the crowd and she touched. She reached out and touched the hem of his garment. The hem on the garment was the, was the, the last part of the garment to be made. It, was, it represented the final touch, the finishing point of the garment. And she just touched the hem, the finished work. Of Christ. That's what it symbolizes. And the Bible says immediately she knew within herself something had changed. She'd become whole. She'd become whole. Suddenly her faith in who Christ was brought change, brought order, brought relief and transformation in her life. Simple faith. Now imagine all of the money that she'd spent. The Bible says that, we've read it, she spent all that she had. All that she had. She worked hard. She tried her best. She used everything that she had to invest into this issue within her life to overcome it, and it all failed. But Simple faith, simple faith of a woman that had been isolated, a woman that had been rejected, a woman that had been confined to her own home that had to shout out, unclean, unclean, wherever she went. Simple faith of this woman brought complete transformation. There were thousands touching Jesus on that day, but only one touch took from him, That touch of faith, Hebrews 11, talking about faith, it says, but without faith it's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It doesn't say, you know, without prayer. Without perseverance, without patience, or without even love, it's impossible to please God. No, it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because faith is that channel, that bridge, that conduit through which everything comes from God into our lives. You know, when you've got faith operating, when we've got faith operating in our lives, there's no sweat. There's no grappling. Jacob thought that his strength, his wrestling, his conflict would bring change. I'll master this issue. I'll overcome it by my power, by my strength. No, change came when he was touched by God and all of his strength was re- reduced to weakness and suddenly there's a new name, a new nature and transformation takes place. Simple faith, simple faith. The transformation and the deliverance from who he was didn't come as a result of his effort or of his power. It came as a result of God's spoken word declaring a new future that he would enter into and appropriating faith in that brought the blessing same for this woman simple faith took hold of jesus his garment if i touch him i shall be made whole she didn't even say i shall be healed healing's wonderful i'll take healing But she wasn't going for healing, she was going for wholeness, the complete package. You see, these 12 years had damaged this woman, not just physically, but psychologically, mentally, socially. She was going for wholeness. She wasn't just going for healing of an issue, she was going for wholeness of life. And wholeness of life, Christ will give us. It's what your faith will go for. It's what your faith will name that you'll get. Amen from a man that believes. Amen from a man that has awesome faith. She gets her reward not by obeying the law. She gets her reward not as a result of any kind of discipline to prove that she was this type of person that deserved God's blessing. She gets the reward just by simply trusting and grabbing hold of what she believed God would do. Bam, it happens. And she's healed. She's made whole and changed forever. And Jesus listening to her story, tells her now, go in peace. See, faith will heal you. Faith will make you whole. Faith will give you peace. Wow, she got more than she ever imagined. Peace hadn't been something that she'd woke up with that morning. Maybe it was fear. Fear. Peace had never been something that had been part of her life for the last 12 years of her existence. Peace, peace was something that she hadn't known for so long. Why? Because blood was leaving her body, and everybody looked down on her socially and judgmentally. But now, leaving the presence of Jesus, she had wholeness. And she had peace. She had peace. I'm telling you now, when we encounter Jesus, you get more than you can ask for. More than you can ask or think. He does exceedingly abundantly above it all than you can imagine. He really does. Let me read to you from... Luke chapter 17, verse 6. Jesus here is talking with His disciples and encouraging them to use their faith. You know, they'd, they'd had a couple of ups and downs, hadn't they, the disciples in the area of faith? They'd been on the boat with Jesus in the middle of the storm, and, you know, they, again, they'd worked all night, to try and counter the power of the storm, try and bring it under their control. The message is simple. The message is, in, is clear in all of these instances that we're talking about. Straining to gain control, sta- straining and striving and using strength and intellect to bring things back to order. And they're on the boat, and the wind and the waves are howling, The ship's breaking apart. What's Jesus doing? Having a sleep? In the stern of the boat? You know, the boat's filling up with water. His garments are probably getting wet. The disciples are panicking. And then one has a bright idea. We better run down, wake Jesus up and tell him. And they say this to him. Don't you care? Don't you care that we're perishing. Sometimes when we go through things, I, like you, have said those very words. Maybe it's been an issue. We could could go around the room and talk about a million and one different things. But the crux of it and the question that comes from our heart is, don't you care don't you care? Can't you see what I'm going through? And Jesus gets up. He looks at wind and wave. And he says, peace. Be still. And there's calm. And then he turns to the boys. Like he turns to us. And he says, uh, boys. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? He makes it look so easy, so simple. A little lesson. They hadn't done so well in this area of faith. But do you know what I love about Jesus? And it's the same today. He's so gracious with us. When when we come to him with our unbelief, somehow he's got a way of leading us and teaching us and bringing us on into a place where We can trust and believe and have faith. And these men, on this particular occasion, again now Jesus is teaching them about faith. Luke chapter 17. And he says to them at the outset of that chapter, he says, listen, offenses are going to come. And what he meant by this was, you know, things that are going to cause you to fall, things that are going to cause you to struggle, things that are going to cause you to really battle with and grapple with some of the issues of life. Offences, he says, beware, offences will come. And then he begins to talk to them about issues and in, in, in particular, the, the whole area of forgiveness. He begins to talk to them about. But then he shows them how to deal with the offenses that are going to come their way. And he he shows them how to operate in another realm. And he says this. So the Lord said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this sycamine tree, Be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Simple faith. Now, after the disciples had heard Jesus talk about the offenses that were going to come in life, after they'd heard him talk about the whole aspect of forgiveness, they came out with a statement of, Lord, increase our faith please give us bigger faith. They knew that they were vulnerable in that area. They knew that they'd been tested through sea and storm. And they knew that their faith seemed so insignificant to meet the problems that were going to come their way. And they said, oh Lord, increase our faith. And that's when Jesus declares what he declared to them, what we've just read. If you've got faith the size of a mustard seed. You see, they fell into the, the, the mistake. They, they, they made the mistake in thinking that they, th- that they had to have faith in proportion to the size of their problem. No, Jesus said faith is so powerful. It can be so small and seem so insignificant in light of the predicament that you face and the problems that you have. But the power within it can deal with any and every area and issue of our lives. It's interesting that Jesus picks this particular tree, the sycamine tree, and there's some elements and characteristics about this tree that are very negative. And Jesus picked up on this, on this tree for a reason. The sycamine tree had a deep, Root system in the ground, so that when it was planted, it was not coming out. It was it was a strong tree that grew rapidly, that spread out in every direction. And Jesus is highlighting to them issues that were going to face them, issues that were going to come their way that that w- would would spread out over their life and try and take prominence and dominance and control them. And Jesus said, boys, when these issues come, you've got to appropriate your faith in God's Word to see it uprooted. The sycamine tree not only was was deeply rooted in the ground, not only did it grow rapidly, sometimes up to 30, 40 feet in size, It was also associated with death. They would would make caskets and coffins from this very tree. The association of death was with this tree. And Jesus is using this as an object lesson to show them another dimension of life that they can operate in when they exercise their faith. The power that was working within this woman was very much like this tree that Jesus identified to his disciples when he spoke to them. It was a deep-seated, deep-rooted issue of blood for 12 years. Her life was degenerating. Her life was powerless. Her life was perishing. The working of death was right there in the center of her being. She couldn't do anything about it. And yet, simple faith uprooted that thing in a moment as she touched the hem of his garment. The sycamine tree also had bitter fruit. The figs that it produced looked to the eye like a perfect fruit, a luscious, beautiful fruit but when you tasted them, they were bitter. And there can be areas in our lives just like this sycamine tree where, where that, that, that produce fruit that's so bitter and so distasteful. And we can feel sometimes helpless, helpless to do anything with those issues. Jesus said, listen, your faith can deal with this thing whether it doesn't matter how long it's been rooted in the ground of your heart, it doesn't matter how it's spread into your personality or into areas of your life that you didn't want it spread into, it doesn't matter how deeply rooted it is, it doesn't matter how it's grown, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's extremely negative and even to the point that you're perishing and it's producing death, it doesn't matter how bitter the fruit is, your faith can deal with it. And this is what he said. You've got to start to speak to that thing. Speak to it. Don't listen to it anymore. Don't come under its dictates anymore. Don't listen to all of those voices and all of that nonsense anymore. Get the Word of God and begin to declare it into that, into that issue, into that problem, into that area, and I'm telling you now, you'll see change. You'll see change. Not because, certainly not because I'm saying it, but because Jesus has declared it. I'm going to ask James to come. We're going to close in just a moment. You know, the sycamine tree was pollinated. It wasn't naturally pollinated. It was pollinated by wasps, As they stung the tree, as they stung the fruit of the figs, that's how the tree became pollinated. And everything about this tree was associated with pain, death, darkness, and permanence. Jesus uses it, you see. He takes them to the extreme. And he says, boys, your faith can deal with that. Your faith can deal with that. But we need an increase of faith. No, you don't. You don't need an increase of faith. You need faith the size of a mustard seed to deal with this thing. The smallest element of what God provides can deal with the biggest ailments that our world And that life seems to put on us. It doesn't take a lot, I'm telling you. It doesn't take a lot for us to deal with the huge issues that face us. But very often, we cower under them because we think, well, I've gone here. I've gone there. I've tried my best. I've turned over a new leaf. I've made this decision a million times and now I just give up. I can't. I've... No, I'm telling you. The supernatural power of God through your faith can deal with the issue. And let me say this to you. Just to encourage you, right? Because you're not on your own. Every single one of us has got this ugly thing within us. This sick... Maybe not now, but every single one of us in this room has had this issue this sycamine tree within our hearts that's grown and thrived and we've battled with and we've grappled with it but many of us in this room have appropriated just faith in God's word and we've seen it go maybe today today the Holy Spirit is just encouraging you now come on, it's time to use your faith. It's time, yeah, it's time to use your faith and appropriate God's word and see it work and operate. Amen, amen. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It's not your faith in your faith that sets you free. It's your faith in the risen Christ that sets you free. Faith in his word, faith in his promises. Let me tell you, God's word in your mouth is as powerful as God's word in his mouth because it's God's word. You're just using your mouth to speak God's word. God's word. So today, let me encourage you Whatever it is, some of us just fail and we struggle to fail. We we struggle to succeed in the area of motivation. We just can't get motivated. Some of us struggle in in areas of fear. There can be areas and it can be just like a deep-seated, deep-rooted issue. I'm telling you now, take the Word of God. Listen to the Spirit. Let Him arouse faith in your heart and begin to speak to that thing and you will see change and transformation. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give Him praise in this place. We thank You, Jesus. We thank You, Lord. Lord, I pray for Your people. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice today. And Lord, you know the issues sometimes that we battle with and struggle with. Lord, we thank you that as we believe your word, you've made it so easy, Jesus. You've made it so easy. It's so easy to do this. It's not hard. It is so easy. It's hard when we do it our way. It's hard when we try to strive and stress out and work things out, and go here, there, and everywhere like this woman did. But when we do it your way, it is so easy, Jesus. And Lord, I pray over the weeks and the months and the years to come that your people would just know this effortlessness, this buoyancy in their spirit, your very life, that their walk would be one of ease. It'll never be challenge free or problem free. But within us, Lord, we would be more than able, more than matched to meet life with a smile on our face. I ask it and pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, James. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing in a moment. But let's give Jesus praise as we do. Come on, church. Give Him praise in this place. We praise You, Jesus.